Hello. I know what I said on my Instagram that the episode was going to be about relationships, but I was laying in bed last night just completely confused as to why people suffer for free. So that's what I'm going to be talking about because this is a scam. Suffering is a scam and the sooner that's realized, just the happier and better we can all be. I have a beer this time, or sorry, juice, that I'll be periodically taking a sip of. So don't worry, I'm not thinking, just drinking. Oh my God. My mom's going to listen to it and be like, Laurel, we have to check you in right now to inpatient because you're unwell. But anyways... Suffering is not real. I mean, obviously it's real, but it shouldn't be real. I truly believe that humans in our most ideal elevated state would not suffer as much as we do. And I've kind of taken it upon myself this summer to crack that code. And here's what I've realized. First of all, some of y'all don't mind your own business, and that's why you get upset. That's why old people are, like, always mad. Not even old people, just boomers. Because Okay, so I used to be a barista, and I would make coffee for people in Edmonds, and they were super wealthy, and they would just, they would just get mad. They would really walk around suffering in the grocery store, mad as hell for no good reason. And I realized it's because they don't mind their own damn business. And the thing about people that come to a coffee counter in a health food store in a wealthy neighborhood is that they don't realize that I don't care. I just really don't care to hear stories of their life in the store since they've been here i like when you're gonna talk shit about my coworker to me i just really don't know what you expect my response to be i mean obviously you know i smiled and was like oh my god i'll definitely talk to someone about that or do you have any questions this is the manager but what do you ex- read the room Obviously, I'm not on your side. I'm probably on my coworker's side because we're working the same job. And then it's like, oh my gosh, someone at the deli counter told you that we're out of turkey. And now you've taken it upon yourself to ask me, a barista, what the deal with the shipping is. Why couldn't they find you turkey? And now you're not going to be able to eat your turkey sandwich tonight. And... All I can think to myself every time I would have interactions like that was, well, if you minded your own fucking business, this wouldn't be happening. Did you call ahead to ask for turkey? No. I don't know why you expected it to be here. The store is just not for you. Like, I mean, it is for you, but it wasn't built for just you. I don't go into your kitchen and write down what you're running low on so that we can stock the store appropriately for when you come in for your weekly shopping trip. 
So like, what the heck is that all about? Nonsense. And then in the past couple of weeks here in my home, Bellingham, I've experienced the same nonsense. Cleaned out our basement, put stuff out front, had a free pile, just stuff like we don't need, don't have room for. And, you know, if we don't want to throw it away because it can be used by someone else, so we'll put it out front. Some guy took it upon himself to ride his bike up to the free pile and then look at it. I swear to God, read the sign and then look at me and ask, is all this stuff free? And I was like, yeah, because there's a sign there. And then he asked, do you have any good stuff? Which sounds fair, but actually think about it. Actually think about that question. First of all, I'm not sitting anywhere near the pile. Mind you, I'm on my side yard. The pile is in the front part of the yard. So I can't even see what we have to offer you anything. Second of all, I don't know you. I don't know what you like. I don't know what you want. How am I supposed to guide you in this decision of what free thing to take? So obviously I answer, I don't know. I don't know you. Why don't you take a look? So he gets on all fours, grown man, grown man, assuming 25, probably, gets on his knees, looks through the stuff, points out that there's a moldy sandwich or something in there. And I'm like, I did not ask. I did not ask. I did not put that there. I don't know what the deal is. This is not a store. I don't know what's in stock. I'm just trying to hang out with my friends on my lawn. Then he gets up and is like, oh, there's no good stuff. And I think he wanted me to say something like, oh, bummer. But why would I care that there's no good stuff in there for you? Why is that actually any of my business? And this is where it comes back to minding your business. See, if I decided to mind his business, I would have gotten upset because I'd be like, oh my gosh, the stuff that I have no use for anymore that I'm trying to give to the community is not of use to one random man. And that makes me sad. I should have done better. And I almost went down that path. But then I had to think critically, mind you, and ask myself, what sense does that actually make? It just makes more sense that he would look, see nothing, and then leave quietly, minding his business because he's on my lawn, does not live in my house, trying to tell me what I should or shouldn't give away. Like, sir, do you want me to open the doors to my house? Do you want to look through my things? See something maybe that you like? For free, obviously, for free. You are entitled to all my stuff being something that you would like. And I know it sounds kind of extra and a little bit dramatic, and it is. And I mean, I really wasn't pressed about it in the moment. And really, it was just when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week on the podcast that I just sat with that experience and thought of all these other experiences I've had where people have 
allow themselves to be disappointed over something that really just has nothing to do with them. And so to that, I say, mind your business. In all reality, coming upon a free pile should be like a plus or a potential plus. And then you look through it and if you find something, great, your day was going to keep going, but now you got something out of it. So that's a plus. But to get disappointed about a free pile not having something in it for you means that you on some level left your house expecting for there to be a free pile and for you to just gain material out of thin air and then go be more happy but also like what is the state and quality of your life so it turns out my microphone change uh and i'm gonna have to put two sets of audio together so we'll see how that goes <laughs> might not get an episode this week but as i was saying what is the state and quality of your life that a free pile is really the hill you're gonna die on above minding your own business It's about what hills are some of you trying to die on? Because I am, I am truly confused. And this might sound like one big nonsense point to be annoyed by, but I've only really experienced this behavior from white people and it stems from a sense of entitlement to everything in the environment, conscious or not. And so it just gets really annoying to navigate those dynamics all the time because it gets in everyone's way and that's when we suffer. And so when I say suffering is a scam, I really truly mean suffering is a scam. Now I'm gonna kind of walk everyone through this theology a little bit because there are things to suffer about and there are things that you are justified in your suffering but typically suffering comes from a source outside of you so suffering is inflicted upon the self and I will see and hear a lot of people's problems and listen and I really do try to be there for everyone or I am there for everyone like I listen I take it in but for but sometimes sometimes I'll come across that rare person where a lot of these problems you have just aren't that deep if that makes any sense it's just there are things that aren't worth tormenting yourself over because at the end of the day it all comes down to something that you just can't control like we live I I say we I live in Washington State it rains here all the time for at least six months of the year and it's really sucky and sad and I know some people Believe it or not, I know some people that will dress for summer weather in the fall and when it rains, get upset. In the fall in Washington, dressing for summer conditions 
and then getting upset when it rains? What sense does that make? When you could just check the weather forecast, grabbed a raincoat, you could move. You could move to the desert. It doesn't rain in the desert. So you can wear all your summer clothes there. Like, just why aren't you prepared? Why aren't you just prepared for life? When did you have a meeting with the universe and sign a contract where everything is supposed to happen on your terms for your entire life? And if it doesn't, then the cosmos are in breach and you deserve a refund. When did that ever happen? When did that ever happen? And I wouldn't really have a stick up my ass about this if it didn't affect other people, but it does. That kind of mindset and mentality really does hurt others. And it's just so normalized. It makes me think about that scene in that 70s show where Jackie's cold and keeps hinting at Kelso to give her his coat. And he's like, damn, Jackie, I don't control the weather. (laughs) But I mean, he was right. You know, he made points. Why should he give you his coat? Because it's the right thing. It's like chivalrous. That shit's a scam too. So why didn't you just grab a coat? Like there was probably context clues in the environment around you that you're probably going to need a coat or it would be wise to bring one. So why didn't you just bring one? And now you're inconveniencing everybody. You see how that goes? Now you're inconveniencing me. So I have to like do something for you that I just didn't plan to do. And also my time is valuable, as valuable as yours. So maybe I wanted to like finish a project. But now, because you're underprepared, we all have to work through it. And I don't, I mean, and if it's understood, it's understood. And if this is lost on you, I understand it's lost on you. And that's not a good or bad thing, totally fair. I could also be completely wrong. And I know that there are probably better words to try and get at what I'm feeling. I just don't know them yet. So this is going to have to do. But I don't know. I guess I would just say critically think about what I'm saying before getting upset. But if you've thought it through and you're like, nope, actually what you're saying doesn't track, hit me up. Hit me up. I'd actually love to know where I'm wrong because it then I could change my perspective and suffer less. So, you know what? Damn, I might just be scamming myself. See, I'm here scamming myself. I'm doing the exact same thing. I really wake up every day and go around thinking that people are just going to behave in a way I perceive is rational. And that's just unfair to other human beings. So that's, that's some food for thought for me to sit with. 
And I maybe would do that more, except that a lot of the time, the people who tend to suffer the loudest about little things are always just not minding their own business and are underprepared. If it's a hot day and you're going on a hike, I don't want to hear a word from you if you did not bring your own water bottle. I don't want to hear a word. And I don't want to feel guilty about not wanting to share my water. Will I share? Yes. Because I don't want to go to prison for probably first degree murder. But don't guilt trip me. Don't feel justified making other people feel guilty because you just didn't think about what you would need to take care of yourself. Because for some reason, you feel entitled to other people's time and energy and assume that they aren't worrying about themselves too? Like, what do you, what do you think is going on in people's heads? That's what I have to wonder sometimes. When you see me sitting with my friends on my lawn, how are you, when you a stranger stumble upon us and then you think to yourself, they really have the time and energy right now to hear me and and listen to me complain about something that's not even my business. Like I actually don't have to be here complaining about this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make it very vocal. Why? And the weirdest thing is that after that guy <laughs> like roasted our free pile, he like tried making conversation after like we were all friends, all buddy buddy. And I was just like, I don't know you and our first interaction was a net negative. So I don't really know why you're trying to like patch it up or end on good terms because I'm okay like not being friends with you in any capacity. Like you could just be a person that lives in my neighborhood that I don't really have to remember, but now I remember you. Now if I see you again, I'm gonna remember you, you know? And maybe I wanted to remember the quadratic equation, formula. See, couldn't even remember that because I'm thinking about you. And now you made me think about math, so I had to come up with an example for what I might wanna rather be thinking about. Didn't make much sense, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean? And actually, you know what? This brings me to a point that makes me not a liar because this is about relationships. Why haven't we normalized not maintaining relationships with people? I'm going to say that one more time. Why haven't we normalized not maintaining relationships with people. I feel like a lot of this suffering too comes from an unwillingness to just let someone know that, you know what, hey, we just don't get along anymore. And no hard feelings to you, but we just don't get along. I've changed. I've gotten into different things. So my mindset's a little bit different. I look at things a little differently. And whereas before, 
we were great friends and have had great times that I, I'm not discounting. Right now, I feel that we don't fit the same way because the way we used to fit, I've made some edits and alterations to myself. And so we don't gel the same. And that's okay. I actually, I actually want to have people on the pod to talk to me about this because I really wonder for people what do relationships mean to you and especially friendship I think friendship is incredibly important and we say there's that saying that's like oh or I don't even know what's the saying but people are always like you don't want to get like too much into your significant other because your friends are there for you and you know, a friendship is like the longest, one of the longest relationships you'll ever have or blah, blah, blah. Like friends are forever. And I don't even know why I'm trying to figure this out. But I mean, our friends are people that we just really expect to stick around forever. And some of these people we met when we were kids, you know? And by valuing relationships as and using time spent together as a part of what makes it a certain thing I think that we deny ourselves opportunities to really examine the people in our lives as we grow and change through life I know that for me I used to really get upset with myself because I had a tendency to go through these massive changes in who I spent time with. But that always coincided from elementary to middle school, my friends really changed. And then from middle school to high school, my friends really changed. And then they've been consistent through high school. And then I've also expanded my group of friends as I've progressed through college. But looking back, it's the only thing that made sense because I was so different in elementary school than I was in middle school. I was coming to terms with a lot of experiences I'd had, coming to terms with my race in really abstract ways where I couldn't say it was necessarily because of race relations in America and not only that but in a super white suburb in Washington but it really changed how I saw myself in relation to the company I kept and how I saw that ideologically I just wasn't able to stay and get along with people because a lot of the stuff they said was harmful to other people like me or people like me. But I was not like other black people. No, like you're cool, you're chill. Like, so it's fine for me to say out of pocket shit around you because like you're fine and we don't really see you. I remember in high school, the friends, my middle school friends that I did sophomore year of high school with since my high school was like, 10 through 12 
my middle junior high sorry my junior high friends and I were super tight but then we started taking like a little more history classes getting a little more into the news not even for real reasons but I think because the A push kids were like really about knowing the news so I <laughs> read the news watched the news listen to morning news radio shows just to keep up but not because I cared but because like other people cared and I wanted to look smart which I admit is super dumb but I'm really glad I did that because we started getting into conversations where over lunch this kid was like all Muslims are bad people and I was like what no no no, I wouldn't say that. And he's like, no, yeah, they're all terrorists. Like, that's what it is. It's like a terrorist religion or belief. And, you know, I stopped hanging out with them. I stopped hanging out with them. And instead of being able to detach myself from that situation, I was so caught up on the idea that we've been friends for so long that this is actually an acute loss to me and should only be seen as such, that I wasn't able to recognize it for what it was. And that's, I stopped hanging out with racist people. And really that should have been all I needed because if someone does something questionable, if they have questionable characteristics, questionable beliefs, ditch them first of all because it's not worth it and second of all there are so many people that enjoy good things that you'll probably find someone that likes the same stuff as you and on top of that they're not like a bigot you know that's like the same thing with I I feel like being able to let go of friends to me says a lot about your takes on cancel culture and that's kind of in quotes because I feel that cancel culture would work if we just viewed our relationships to people as these temporary transient shifting energy cycles you know that just change day to day like I have really tight friends. I'm pretty sure if all of them stabbed me one day, we would not be tight friends the day after that because they stabbed me. And it's not about the time I spent with them that justifies their actions. And it's not about how it looks to other people. Because I also feel like it's an ego thing of like, I don't want to look bad. I don't want people to think that I second guess my decisions and question my own opinions. So I have to double down and back this person up. But you can also just not and double down, back yourself up. You conserve that energy in making sure that you are feeling as fulfilled as possible in your relationships. And then as soon as someone starts acting sideways towards you, realize that and move on. I don't know. I feel like it's a bigger, it's a greater discussion, obviously. And I don't have all the answers. Um, Just really, I figured out some of these things last night while I was laying in bed um, because 
I feel like nighttime is the best time to think. I also, well, I don't, well, hmm. well, it's actually no longer relevant. So I was spending the night alone at my house for the past week and very haunting when there's like no furniture in other rooms and then you're there alone. I felt like a Victorian ghost of sorts, just wandering the halls. And then I've always had this habit to imagine my death at night since I was a child. And, you know, I just lay awake picturing like escape routes and it was really starting to get into my head. So I was, I would fall asleep when the sun started coming up and luckily it's summer, which means the sun starts coming up pretty early so I can sleep and wake up by 5 PM and have a pretty regular afternoon, evening. And it's actually fine. And then the cycle repeats. Um, but now that I'm no longer alone in my house, I'm not worried about saying that because rob me, try and rob me. There's witnesses now. I'm not saying how much, but there are witnesses now. <laughs> that was very unwise, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to cut this one short today. Do a quick little 30 minute chit chat because my friend's back in town and I'm really excited to spend time with him so I'm going to and I don't really have much more to say about relationships and suffering in this context I think that suffering will be an ongoing theme because I feel like an integral part of scam is suffering obviously or we wouldn't call it a scam and I think relationships are too complex and I, I don't even know all the answers. I don't know what they mean to me 100% quite yet, but I just felt the need to get that out there and start some discussion. So as I said last time, Instagram, lowercase g, double o p underscore e d. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your feelings. Any follow-ups, anything you thought about that might be unrelated to the episode, but it just popped into your head. I want to know all these things. Um, I also want to say that, you know, you don't have to be a clown for free. At the very least, you get paid, you know? And I, this is a lesson I'm learning too, still. I don't have to be a clown for free. And sometimes that means that if someone comes up to my free pile and says I don't have good stuff, I actually don't have to feel bad because I have nothing to feel bad for. Plus, I don't know you. You're a stranger. That's kind of weird. Another solo episode. Um, just felt like something to communicate alone until I fully flesh it out. Uh, also, I don't know. That's just how the cookie crumbled. When it rains, it pours. You know what I mean? Okay. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. And maybe for some of you, it'll even be as a guest on the show. Later, Gators. <laughs>